Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from around the state to your town square. With our hosts, Mickey Shields, the Director of Membership Services, and Katie Wheeler, the League's Business Relations Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square. Katie, we're back. We're back. (laughs) Welcome back to The Square, Mickey. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, We are recording in October, and... Des Moines schools have let our children go back to in-person instruction for two days a week or two or three days a week. So I am actually in the league's office, not in my basement, and I am overjoyed. Nice. (laughs) I can't tell you how great it feels, this little slice of normal right now. Yeah, did you get dressed up? I did. I pretended like it's like a regular work day and there's still, (laughs) there's not very many people in our office still. So I'm dressed up for myself. Well, that's that's good, Mickey. Nothing wrong with that. Felt like I needed to do it. <laughs> you, you are doing? important. I'm doing well, doing good. You know, this is also the day that it snowed. In, yeah. In so, our state, and it's the crazy. I'm by the time po- people hear this, I'm sure it's going to be like old news. But the, we had a weather alert today. What did it say, Katie? What was it? I, well, I'm gonna have squall? to pull. Squall. Like a snow, snow squall. squall. Yeah. <laughs> snow squall. So it's another just, word I've never heard of yeah, until 2020. Add it to 2020. Like what? What is this? Derecho squall. Yep. Pretty soon we're gonna have hurricanes in the state. It's gonna be wonderful. <laughs> Except it'll be called something different. A <laughs> yeah, word I've never yeah. heard of. <laughs> Some crazy thing we've never heard of. Yes. Uh, so what's been going on at the league, Mickey? Well, we are. Now that we're in uh, mid-October, it is definitely uh, fall training season. So we are getting ready for um, the IMFOA fall conference, budget workshops. The city attorneys have their annual seminar coming up. The city managers have some virtual training going on in, in the next few weeks. So a lot of work on training and getting ready for that keeps us really busy. Um, it was fun, though. Fun. It's, fun to, it's fun to have this stuff to do. Yes, it is. I agree. It's been a busy fall, but like you said, it yeah. is all fun. And some other big news that has happened at the league. What's we that? had a birthday. The league <laughs> had another birthday. It's exciting. It is very exciting. We turned 123, we think. We think. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty sure. We are the oldest state municipal league mm-hmm. in the country, right? Uh-huh. Isn't that our, if, one of our claims to fame? Yes. No, that's a true statement. And I'm going to tell you that if we keep having snow in October, I'm asking <laughs> Alan if he will start one in Hawaii. That's right. What, they're, they're the only state <laughs> that doesn't have a state league, right? Min- municipal league. Yes. Yeah. And I think we should just go blaze the yeah. trail. We should <laughs> have some kind of partner program with, yep. with Hawaii. That is Okay. Through throughout COVID, we've been asking the kids because we didn't get to do a family, a real family vacation this year, mm-hmm. where we could like go somewhere far. And so we've been asking the kids, "What's number one?" And for our daughter Delaney, her by far every time you ask her anything, Hawaii. That's like near the top of her list, or is at the top of her list, without a doubt. Well, so... me and Delaney would vacation well <laughs> together. <laughs> My kind of girl. Uh, yeah. So you know, if somehow we could like. Take, make, create like the Iowa Hawaii State yeah. League of Cities. <laughs> there we go. I'm, yep. I'm all in. Just a lot of work trips. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another work trip. Got to go Hawaii. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, cool. Yeah. All right. So happy birthday to us. 
Yes. Well, let's get to our big featured guest for this month's uh, episode. And joining us is Marion's budget manager, Zach Wolf. Hi, Zach. Welcome to the hey, square. How's it, going? how's it going, making Katie? We're doing, doing, doing well. pretty well, all things considered. How about yourself? I am frozen from the top down. I'm um, <laughs> still getting used to this um, October weather, but um, you know, <laughs> one more thing to adjust to in, in Iowa. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a treat. So we're going to put you on the spot right away. Have you and uh, your team there started working on your city budget? Wait, we have till April this year, right? <laughs> yeah, going to use all of that new uh, those extra two weeks. <laughs> no, that's that that's my tongue in cheek um, joke. If if Ted, if you're listening, um, talk to us, and I really think we we. Our due date is too early, but um, yeah, here here in Marion, everyone started um, about the beginning of October. We we start pretty early. Um, that's what happens when you put a budget manager in. All of a sudden, you know, uh, they want to capitalize on all those meeting times. So yeah, we're, we're well underway right now. Excellent. Well, that is awesome. All right, Zach. Before we get much farther, we want to hear more about you, uh, about your background. Where did you grow up, and how did you get started in municipal government? Okay. Um, I'm not originally from Iowa, though I have some uh, roots in the area. Um, I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona, so I'm a native Phoenician. Um, for those of you um, um, who know what that means, um, <laughs> though my dad's from Marshalltown, so I so I do have some um, some That's background cool. over here. Actually, my grandfather and great grandfather um, started the Wolf Eye Clinic over here. So right, um, oh, so come back and and kind of see some of the um, see grandpa's um, some of his work um, on the eye side. So. Yeah. Right. If you're in we Eastern been, Iowa, that's all, all over the place. Well, mm -hmm. we have been frequent flyers of Wolf Eye Clinic. So, have you? okay. We well, have. This With my daughter. Mm -hmm. They still won't give me a discount. So, I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, it's all his interest in the practice. So, um, they've kept the name, but um, my coupons have expired, unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh, but um, no, but originally from Arizona. Um, Came down here about two years ago with our family, and uh, yeah, been loving it ever since. Um, but the foray into into local government um, actually started when I was in high school. Um, the high school I went to, I had to do a um, an internship or or some um, hours, some community service hours. Um, not because of anything I did um, legally or illegally, um, but it was a it was part of the character. It wasn't court mandated. Yeah, <laughs> that part of my record has been expunged. So. Um, <laughs> I don't have to answer that question. Um, yeah. So, so I um, did some time. No, I'm kidding. Um, had the opportunity to volunteer over at um, City of Phoenix Parks and Recreation. So that was my um, entry point. And then afterwards in, in college, I, I continued to work there part-time basis. So that was kind of the beginning point. Um, after that, I spent about nine years working for a, very, um, a, a large um, nonprofit in Arizona and then um, jumped into the um, budget office in Maricopa County. Mm -hmm. somewhere in around 2011. So. And Maricopa is the, that's one of the largest counties in the country, I believe, right? Very good. Absolutely massive, yeah. Yeah, not many people know about Maricopa County. We um, ever, with the exception of um, our um, nearly, our gone now um, infamous sheriff, uh, who is internationally known, <laughs> but I won't share those stories on this, on this podcast. But um, yeah, Maricopa County is the fourth largest county in the nation. And um, uh, last year, the year before, the fastest growing county um, in the nation as well. So, Incredible. Yeah. 
Well, that's cool. It's quite the foray into local government. And uh, how did you make your way to Iowa and land in the great city of Marion? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? Um, not exactly sure, because I my intention, um, be honest, wasn't to come to Iowa. I was um, my wife and I was we were looking looking for um, a smaller community to move to. We have three young kids. You know, I started putting out my resume across the U.S. and um, one of the opportunities that presented itself was Iowa. And I, you know, I applied and, you know, they asked me for a first interview and then a second interview. And um, after they offered me the position, I told my wife, I said, you know, what? it's cold there. My dad's told me and back in 50 years. <laughs> um, you sure you want to do this? She's like, we're going. I said, all right, um, Iowa, here we come. So um, so we really enjoyed the um, um the quaintness we, you know, coming from a big city, uh, right. Cedar Rapids, I call it town. Um, so it's, it's a, it's, it's a great size. You still run into a lot of people, you know, at the, at the grocery store, we call it Mayberry. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It is quite the change. Like, you know, Cedar Rapids is the second biggest city in Iowa, but in the Phoenix area, I'm sure that's just another, another large town. And, but uh, we're certainly glad to have you. Um, now getting into city budget stuff, which is obviously your background as a budget manager, you're still a little new to Iowa. What's the one thing that you would tell some of our newer city clerks and finance officers, city managers, uh, and others about what uh, city budgeting is like in our state? Um, it's, you know what, um, when I think about budgeting, one of the first things I, I think about is, is this thing called the rollback. I had to uh, you respect the rollback, but don't try to figure it out. It's, it's one of those things where I remember asking early on, can someone explain how and why this works this way? And I was told there's two people that are kept that are kept on separate parts of the kept alive in separate parts of the state in case there's a, a disaster. And, and both of them can retain knowledge of, of keeping the process going forward. But um, it's about right. Yeah, it's a. I have to say, for for someone outside the state, the rollback is something that I'm. Um, if you make me a legislator for a day, it'd be one of the the first bills I put forward to um, uh, to freeze um, uh, to freeze that number to make it easier for residents to understand where increases come from. But that that to me is one of the um, one of the interesting pieces because as a city, um, and the reason why you know all seriousness, it's important is because property taxes. Is, most cities are property tax dependent because of that, there's no shared um, or very limited shared um, sales tax revenue beyond uh, LOST, um, which is a very interesting acronym to put for any revenue source that goes to government. <laughs> no kidding. No, that's that's dead on, I think, in pretty much all of our budget classes, budget workshops that we hold each year, we have to spend uh, at least, I don't know, Zach, 15, 20 minutes just going through the property tax rollback uh, generally you can't even get I mean, you could spend hours trying to break it down and figure out how it all works but it's just such a foreign concept um that it's just you know you start to talk about the assessment limitation and property valuations and what's assessed and what is not actually what's taxed <laughs> it's just you get, you get lost quickly but that is definitely something that's unique to to our property tax system here and um, it's always a, a source of education, but that's what we do. So um, as you mentioned, you guys got your, your process started here pretty recently in Marion. So what are some of the things that you guys do to get started um, you know, with your staff and the numbers you're looking at just so you can get the ball rolling with the city budget? Oh, yeah. Um, 
I guess one of the first things we look at is, um, I know when I, when I came here, one of the things that our budget was a brand new function. So really trying to talk with people about what is budgeting and what makes budget different from finance and, you know, the city managers responsible for submitting a budget, but what does that mean? And uh, I think it, it, the first step is, it, is just determining what's the plan for the year. Um, a budget is a plan or a tool you can utilize to say, okay, um, how much revenue or expenditures do you think you might have? And then how do you want to use the process in determining what's the best utilization of those resources or the values you want to carve out of that? So that's been one of the, one of the focus areas for the last two years is as Marion's growing, our city manager um, had a very forward thinking idea about how do we get ahead of um, some of these growth issues we're having and, and really start looking at um, how do we mature our processes for looking at performance management in the organization and measures. So that's been one of the areas tasked to me is, is to build that um, infrastructure within the city. So it's each year um, trying to get a little bit closer. I, I have to say in the beginning parts, I, I'm coming from a larger jurisdiction that had, you know, in a budget office of 12 people um, coming here, me being um, Han Solo. You know, Chua yet. I, I, I said, if you have any interns that want to come to the city of Marion and get paid um, in um, large amounts of, granola and and um and warm coffee we we will gladly take them in <laughs> and keep budgeting but um exciting stuff too yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um it's been one of the areas that i look to as growing cities as they as they build into the budget function is is how do you how do you change that culture internally it's one of the areas i've personally um had to um slow down in and um learn what's the history of, of looking at numbers and what does that mean? Katie and I were talking offline beforehand. Um, you know, budget documents are not filled with engaging stories and narratives. They're usually filled with numbers and um, confusing percentages that um, mean job security for the people that put them together. So part of, part of the is trying to get into the, is trying to make people understand what the budget is and making sure we have the right tools. So um, the other piece of that is we really borrowed, I have to say, um, City Dubuque, Jenny Larson over there is great. Um, Iowans, um, not just in the derecho storm that came through, you find out who has a chainsaw and who doesn't in your neighborhood. Yeah. We'll let you it, um, without signing a liability waiver. <laughs> the same thing over there in Dubuque. They've been a great um, partner. I, I reached out to Jenny because I knew they had a, um, a budget manager function and, and, mm -hmm. and our neighbors to the, I think it's Northeast, um, but over there, it's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they lent us some of their tools of looking at, um, um, what they would call their budget justification forms or their improvement package forms. And I borrowed almost hundred um, percent, didn't steal because she said I could, uh, <laughs> but it's been a great tool of also educating staff and getting back to the question of what do we start with is really building the understanding with our staff too. What are we going to look at this next year and how are we going to make decisions? So it allowed us to start carving into just, we do a line item budget here at the city, but to go a little step further to say, okay, if you're going to be asking for X amount of dollars above what you currently have, let's talk about the under, the underlying problem that you're looking to address and the alternative that you're proposing that you think will take it, move it forward. So the management side has been the first step that we've looked at in trying to um, strengthen our budgeting process. Um, I guess exactly. in a second, I don't know how deep you want me to go because I, once again, I, I don't want to geek out on budgeting. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to put people to sleep a couple of minutes oh. into the talk, but um, 
Well, Zach, how critical are things like strategic planning, goal setting, CIP plans, and so on? Um, for the city, it's been key. We're, we're in the midst right now of the implementation stage of nearing the, um, the ending point of our, um, our first year, th our, our first three year comprehensive strategic plan. Uh, we hired a consultant in order to help us walk us through that. We had previously done um, one year strategic planning efforts that have been more um, action item steps around areas that we wanted to focus on, but we went through a comprehensive process of um, engaging staff, um, utilizing some of our, um, our citizen survey information, and then having council um, set the, um, what would we like to get done, the focus areas as well as goals, and now um, staff are finalizing um, the strategies as well as milestones they're looking to move forward um, and those uh, work plans over the next three years. So this is, this is gonna be um, one of the key um, documents which will help us um, uh, prioritize resources, especially going into a season where um, uh, post um, derecho cleanup um, dollars are, uh, there's a potential commitment of a lot of dollars on an ongoing basis. Yeah, hmm. no kidding. Yeah. Well, that's like, yeah, right now, uh, for all of our listeners, I hope, I really sincerely hope a lot of cities are doing things like strategic planning and goal setting and capital improvements plans and, and mm -hmm. similar types of activities, planning activities, because they feed right into your budget. And as Zach just said, you, you know, you've, you've got to make plans for all the things that you need, but you also have to be nimble enough to handle something like a, a major storm. Yeah. Um, you never know when it's going to hit. Mm -hmm. So that's what that honestly leads right into uh, our last question here, and that's that uh, this year has been anything but normal, of course, with oh, yeah. not only the derecho, but of course the pandemic, and that's still occurring as we speak, um, still affecting cities in various ways. So, how are you all uh, preparing for that? How, how have you adjusted to it and preparing for it for the next fiscal year? Um, what one of the areas that um, Somewhat speaking back to last question, but answering this one is we've also instituted this year. This will also be the first year that we've um, put together a five-year, we're calling our five-year financial plan or a five-year forecast. So we'll be looking at our major funds over the five-year continuum. And what this allows us to do is when we're looking at um, the trajectory of our current costs, we can now overlay um, the derecho. It's, it's not a, um, you know, fictitious. What if a tornado came and, you know, went out the city, um, you know? One did um, it. Um, well, um, a, a larger tornado yeah. um, for a longer period of time, and um, we don't have and enough more widespread and more widespread. No kidding. Yeah. 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 yeah, I laugh. We don't have enough woodworkers in the state to to get rid of all this wood. Every yeah. Okay. yeah, it's paper mills are you know, and too bad we don't have a um, big source anymore. But it's 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 been one of the tools that we've been that we're looking to institute this year. To really look on that five-year basis especially with the proprietary funds because as mickey was mentioning i mean those five-year plans those multi-year plans really help us um one decide um what's the trajectory and then secondly is those hard um, trade-offs because that's going to be one of the things as we determine um how much is reimbursable by fema um how much um does the state um help us out with and state we we love iowa we love we love the state of iowa so we hope they continue to um um to assist in that because they're a large portion of our recovery efforts that we, um, um, that we'll expect a partnership with. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hey, Zach, we want to thank you for taking the time. We want to also thank you for bringing yourself and I and your family to Iowa. Uh, 
you've been, you've been a pleasure to talk to since we met, and um, I think you're doing a great job there in Marion. Such a fine community. Uh, uh, I, I don't say that just because I have a brother-in-law and his wife to live there. <laughs> it's a, it's no, a wonderful it is a place. Good, yeah, it is yeah. a good community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great place to be, so I have to say. Thanks for the, thanks for the invitation. And, um, and one of those workshops, we'll have to find a place um, sometime in the future in Marion um, after the storm cleanup. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. You can see your family. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. We now welcome Nate Summers of DA Davidson to the square. Nate, uh, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mickey. Of course. Real quick, let's share with the, the audience uh, what you do for DA Davidson. And also, just while you're at it, talk about what you guys do for cities and other local governments. Sure, yeah. So DA Davidson has a full service platform where we provide capital planning, including bond or debt issuance whether that's through capital markets issuing bonds or through the local bank taking on a bank loan. Uh, and then when cities issue municipal bonds, oftentimes there's post-sale compliance. So we kind of help with the beginning, the middle, and the end of issuing debt for capital projects. Very cool. Now, you're going to use a lot of big financial terms, I'm sure, because <laughs> you guys are super smart. And whenever you guys start talking, I'm always <laughs> like, wow, I really need to like go back to school. Uh, so real quickly, can you explain in the best you can lay terms for us, uh, you know, normal folks, what uh, a general obligation bond is, what kind of like, uh, what does compliance mean when a city is issuing debt of some sort, just some of the, some of the basics to help our audience understand what you mean. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, and when, every time I get that, I, I kind of scoff at it and say, you know, a lot of these folks that represent cities um, it, the stuff's not necessarily overly complex, but from our perspective, we do this every single day. And so it kind of comes as second nature to us. But since you asked, as far as general obligation bonds go, general obligation bonds are typically going to be backed by the full ad valorem property tax levy of the city. Generally, there are two different types of general obligation bonds. One's going to be essential corporate purpose. And uh, those are going to be things like like streets and water and sewer projects. And then there are other, the other side of general obligation bonds are the types of projects that would require, require a referendum, things like, like buildings, you're looking at Mm -hmm. doing a big city hall or community center or something like that. That's typically going to require a referendum. Uh, But, but generally general obligation bonds can be repaid through the property tax levy. They can be repaid through other legal sources. um, And that's something that the city can determine in their budget every year. So you can decide if you want to use the debt service levy for the full principal and interest payment, or if you have some uh, eligible water revenues or sewer revenues or TIF revenues, local option sales tax, road use tax, uh, just depending on what the or- original project was, a lot of those sources of funds can be also be used to repay general obligation bonds. Sure. All right. So this is budget season and everybody's starting the budget process um, these months. From your angle, what are a few of the most important items that cities should do to have a successful budget process? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Katie. So a lot of what we encourage folks to do is just to be as forward thinking as possible. I know a lot of things can kind of sneak up on you at the last minute or things that are unforeseen can happen where you have to, to issue debt. But to the extent you can think ahead a little bit and do some planning, that's obviously going to be best. In that regard, thinking about how if you, if you need to use your debt service levy, 
especially if there's new debt that the city needs to take on in the coming fiscal year. Um, now's the time to start thinking about, are we going to be able to issue that debt before we finish our budget process? And if the answer is no, but the city still wants to use a debt service levy uh, in the upcoming fiscal year, uh, one thing that you can look at is doing a, a pre-levy resolution. And that's something that your, your friendly bond attorney can help you with. Um, that pre-levy resolution basically <laughs> is going to declare that uh, is basically going to declare that the city intends to issue some debt and that they intend to um, use the debt service levy in the coming fiscal year. Um, it's it's a pretty simple resolution that can be passed, um, and so you can tap into that debt service levy if you need to um, ahead of actually issuing the debt. So something else to keep in mind if you have outstanding debt that's already out there, especially if you're new to a, a certain city, if you're coming in and looking at things for the first time, is just to be familiar with what the city has been using the debt service levy for in the past. Uh, every once in a while, we come across a city where they have general obligation debt outstanding, and they've had the plan to use, uh, for instance, water revenues to repay a part of that general obligation bond. We've come across instances where um, folks have used the full debt service levy uh, as they're going through their their budget process, they they utilize the full debt service levy, but then they wind up making the debt payments, a, a part of the debt payments anyway, from the water fund or the sewer fund or whatever the case may be. And we get a phone call five, six, seven years later, and they go, man, we've got like a million dollars in our debt service fund. What's going on? Um, and a lot of times that can be the culprit. So just keep in mind how you're repaying your general obligation bonds, whether it's using the full debt service levy or if you have other funds that you're looking at using. Um, just bear that in mind and pay attention to the documents as you're as you're walking through it. Be thinking about TIF. If you're planning to use TIF, uh, just keep in mind that that's a, a pretty forward-thinking tool, and that requires um, you know a year or two at least of planning in advance of using those revenues. Budget time is always a good time to consider user rate increases if necessary for utilities, enterprise funds. Um, take a look at your your water fund and your sewer fund and say, hey, how are these actually performing for us on an operational basis? And is now a, potentially a good time to make make some adjustments? And a, a lot of those questions and issues that I just covered are things that that we can be helpful with if if folks need need a hand with that. We're we're happy to jump in and kind of help get to the bottom of things. Yeah, you bet. That's one thing that always comes up when we talk about budget season and cities starting to look at all their various plans, their capital improvement plans, public improvement needs, along with their annual operational needs. Um, the question always comes up is how's the city going to pay for that? Uh, you know, it's easy to identify uh, things, especially when the citizens are telling you that we want a new swimming pool. We want, we, well, you know, the staff's telling you we need a new fire station, uh, need a new police squad car, all those kinds of things that come with a pretty big price tag. It's easy I think somewhat to identify those and even to prioritize them. But then the question is, how do we pay for it? So you've given us a few ideas on like general obligation bonds. You know, there's some others out there. Maybe you could mention sort of some of the best financing tools for cities. But also, you know, you kind of mentioned, maybe you could elaborate on how does a city kind of give a holistic look at their financial plan and just, you know, their debt management, debt load to make sure that they're not taking on too much or maybe, um, they could get more aggressive in a given fiscal year because they have retired some debt or they have more capacity than perhaps they realized. So just how does, how does the city go through that? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, cash is king, obviously, right? If, if the city has cash lying around and you can yeah. deploy that to 
cover your capital project expenses. That's that's obviously going to be the best route. Um, so, something that I'll caution against a little bit, I guess, on the cash front, though, since we mentioned it, is also being mindful of inflation. Um, if you look at what construction inflation has done uh, over the course of history, um, I mean, you can talk to your engineer about what they believe uh, construction inflation is, but right now you can borrow uh, 20-year money on general obligation bonds, and you're probably going to pay you know, 2 to 2.5% two interest rate. Um, when you look at construction inflation, incredible. that number is typically, you know, four or five, four or five, six, seven percent, maybe more than that right now. Mm-hmm. But um, if you think you're going to accumulate cash and complete a big project in 10 or 15 years, you might actually reconsider that because you might actually get more bang for your buck borrowing and paying a little bit of interest every year um, and doing a project now that might cost the city a million dollars instead of waiting 10 or 15 years when it might cost know, a million and a half dollars or $2 million. So that's something to keep in mind when you're talking about cash. Obviously, grants are great when you can get grants. That's free money. So always take advantage of those. As as far as mm-hmm. general obligation bonds go, um, like you said, managing uh, the the debt capacity of the city is, is critical. According to the Iowa Code, cities can borrow up to 5% of their actual valuation. So that's a, a calculation to mm-hmm. keep Keep in mind, typically we don't recommend people exceed about 80 or 85% of your debt capacity just to make sure you have something in reserve, right? Right. If you need to exceed that 80 to 85% threshold, it's not a hard and fast rule. I mean, you, you can take it all the way up to the hilt and go up to 100% of your debt capacity, but you want to be pretty sure that you don't have a whole lot coming down the pipe in the next five years or so. It's it's probably going to have to be something that you're taking advantage of a, a really big opportunity for the city or, um, you know, something like that that you just can't can't pass up. That's a that's a that's mm-hmm. a good number to keep in mind as as the city manages its its debt capacity. Uh, on the other side of the coin, revenue bonds. Um, so a lot of people are looking at SRF, uh, state revolving fund, uh, financed transactions mm-hmm. for water and sewer plants. Those are not going to count against your debt limit. Those are instead going to be um, a pledge right. against the net revenues of that utility fund. Um, so that's the analysis on that side of things is just making sure that your net revenues, so revenues minus expenditures, um, are at least uh, going to cover and probably cover it by an extra little bit of margin going to cover those those bond payments. Um, so th- those are those are kind of the two ways that that you manage your your debt and how much you have outstanding. Um, a, a firm like DA Davidson or some of our other competitors, we're all kind of equipped to, to help cities walk through that and manage that and analyze that. So um, we're also just a phone call away. We've got debt structuring and uh, debt management type analyses that we can run. And, you know, it's, it's a handful of reports that I think tell a pretty clear picture about uh, kind of like you said, the holistic, um, debt snapshot of a, of a community, we can, we can produce that pretty, pretty easily and make it easy to digest for, for, for staff and elected officials. Excellent. Well, Hey, thanks Nate for jumping on square. I tell all of the folks listening, um, they're one of our league partners. They've done workshops for us, articles in our cityscape magazine, great group to work with. They really know their stuff. So check them out when you can. And, uh, thanks again, Nate, for hopping on square. Yeah. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for all the work that you folks do. 
appreciate the opportunity. Yep. Bye, Nate. All right. Our pleasure. Well, Katie, that's another episode. And uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, follow us, follow along with us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Send in any questions or comments you may have to the square at iwillleague.org. Katie, any, any final thoughts? No. Thanks for join us, joining us on the square today. All right. We'll talk to everybody next month. Yep. Thank you.